0: Couldn't resist buying this share-size Lifesavers gummies, five flavors, green apple, cherry, orange, strawberry, watermelon. Cherry? Well, cherry's always been there. Watermelon and green apple. You know, my favorite Lifesaver was the the clear one. Well, they're not really clear. But Pineapple? Yeah. You don't even have that in here. I thought that was going to be part of this, else I wouldn't have bought it. Now I want a refund. I should go in and throw them on the counter, spill them out. It's like, you see any clear ones here?
1: It's not gonna have the same impact because they're like gummy, right? If you wanted to return them and you spilled them on the counter, then it would make this like sound.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, but you can take the gummy ones and wrap them around your tongue. There's a cock <laughs> ring for my tongue.
1: Gross. Ew. <laughs> it's like cutting off the circulation to the tip of your tongue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can put them around skin tags. Keep it there for a couple uh, days and they'll dry up and fall off.
1: Everybody knows the best way to castrate a goat. <laughs> wrap a Lifesaver's gum around its testicles. Two weeks later, got castrate a castrated
0: goat. Yeah, I'd wrap the fucking green apple.
1: No, cherry. Cherry's gotta go.
0: Look, whether or not you like cherry, it's a classic standard flavor. Lime has been thrown to the wind.
1: I love lime lollipops.
0: It's been thrown to the wind from green apple.
1: When I was a kid I used to, like if I got a lollipop from the bank or something with my mom I really like to dip it in water and then continue to eat it.
0: Like a raccoon.
1: <laughs> like that one raccoon video?
0: All raccoons dip their food no, in water. No they don't. Yes, it's a known thing. Raccoons dip their food in water. Look it up.
1: No. it's not the. It's not the only way they eat
0: Maybe it's not the only way they eat, but they like to do that's it. That's what you said. I said they all do it at some point. And that's why when you give them cotton candy and they dip <laughs> it and it disappears, they lose mm-hmm. their minds.
1: Where'd it go? You know what song I'm in? It's in my head. What? These are, I don't know the words, but real voodoo. I on the 45.
0: Oh yeah. What is that song?
1: I don't know. Cigarettes and not movie scenes behind the movie scenes.
0: You can't even look it up with the lyrics because you don't know them, right?
1: Real voodoo Asher on the forty-five. That's I, I'm just making the sounds. Minarets.
0: Is that what? Is, what is that stupid app? That, Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember that. Is that still around? People still use that?
1: Yeah, people still use it.
0: You should open it if you have it.
1: I don't have it.
0: Oh, I was going to say you should because open it you and, know why and sing into it. App. Shut up, siren.
1: Ah, excuse me I what burped. was that I had a burp and it hurt
0: yeah because you tried to hold it in you should have just let it go
1: no it would have been so loud that's okay <clears throat> I've been like a dude burp
0: if you did the dude burp oh my god I would not want anything to do with you you're well you just to
1: said to let it out and that's what it would have sounded like you're, it's supposed, like <clears throat>
0: you're supposed to be a pristine lady You know, that, that's the joke I wouldn't care if you burped
1: like that you might care
0: no why would I care
1: because so like
0: Intense. So, human? I am not a human. I am a perfect being that does not burp or poop.
1: I'm not a girl who poops. Who oh, I need time, a moment that is mine, nice. while I'm in
0: You should record an album. Yeah? Yeah. Let's uh, create a Kickstarter. Well, maybe just GoFundMe is the way to go now. Okay. Does anyone do Kickstarter anymore?
1: (laughs) The same people who use Shazam.
0: (laughs) I think we create this backstory about a character of yours. Mm Mm-hmm. You had Lupus, and you fought (laughs) it. Okay. And you won, but Lupus kept you down for so long, and you always had this dream of becoming this not, mm. any, they're not even famous or rich you do it for the love of music yeah your dream what your dream was just to share music with the world Yes. and now that you're in a spot to do it you need the means what would your singer name be it could be a one name you, yeah you,
1: I was thinking that uh it's funny that you said that um very very yeah how would you spell it v-e-r-i hmm.
0: <laughs> what's the uh significance people very where did that come from
1: i'm very good
0: was very determined to beat lupus
1: yes and it's a personal story about you know me and my dad who's dead one of his dying wishes was for me to sing he said but i couldn't because i was with all the lupus
0: he said sweet child when i'm in heaven i'll send you an angel of music that'll be part of your story and that
1: angel was apparently lupus I got lupus right after he died
0: It's no worse than phantom
1: <laughs> I gave you Some lupus
0: Made your, your Skin inflame
1: No it made your Head dizzy
0: Or skin inflamed
1: Whatever. But lupus Isn't about your skin
0: mm-hmm. No Look up lupus Do you know what lupus is
1: Yes, lupus is, is is uh you get like dizzy.
0: Lupus affects many parts of the body. It can cause a lot of different symptoms. Uh, okay. Inflammation and usually happens when your immune system is fighting an infection or injury. Oh. Makes your immune system attack healthy tissue. Yeah, inflammation oh. of skin, it's all over the place. So. Oh, my bad. I'm not saying you're wrong.
1: I thought I was saying you were wrong.
0: Yeah, you were saying that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I gave you some lupus, made your skin inflame,
1: and now, how you are itching. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher.
0: My name is Greg Russ. And I guess we're getting to this topic, this topic that has really been a subtopic, I think, of every show that we have ever done.
1: Yeah, it's a vein that's run through all the topics in some way or another.
0: It's the driving force of my life. I, it's, the
1: dark, it's the dark matter in our podcast universe. I
0: don't know if it's dark matter for me. It's very present and visible. That being death. A very cheery topic for today's episode of One Topic.
1: Welcome to One Topic where we go deep into death. Greg, what's what are you afraid of the most of dying?
0: <laughs> I uh I didn't even take notes for the show a lot of the times. You know, the prep for the show is you want to write notes and so you can get all your thoughts out but I just feel as though this has dominated my existence for so much of my life that it's all in my head. I've played through it. It's like a, being in a band who plays the hit song every night for years and years. They don't need the notes. They don't no. need the, uh, the lyrics written down in front of them.
1: Second nature.
0: Yes. It is second nature to me.
1: It's an invisible limb on your body.
0: Every bad coping mechanism that I created in my life was to offset the anxiety I felt about the fact that I and other people that I care about would die one day. And it all started. I So thinking about being a kid, I think at some point as a kid, you learn about death, but it means nothing to you. Yeah. You just it's, know, it's,
1: it's something that's difficult to conceptualize as a kid.
0: Yeah. So you just know that things die. And then at that point you're playing with your toys and yeah. you know, something Ugh. this little people dies. Yeah. The little people
1: or uh, do this every, still exist by every, the way, every parent in every Disney Pixar movie dies.
0: Yeah. It's just a cheap way to tug on the emotional heartstrings. But uh little people. Do those toys still exist? You have kids.
1: Uh, I think, yeah, uh huh, they do.
0: All right. We don't have to talk about it. I was just curious. I haven't seen them in a very long time.
1: No, they're not that hot.
0: Yeah. That's the lame <laughs> toy.
1: Yeah, that's like, your aunt got you something weird. All right, I'll play with it. That
0: was a shame. I had the little people airport, the Sesame Street little people.
1: Oh yeah, those are cool. The vintage ones are cool.
0: I really enjoyed those. Yeah, but kids now are too, hip and modern and technologically. Yeah. I want Peppa Pig. can't okay, get out of here. The little people. Point is, when I was a kid, I I know that I had the little people die. Sometimes they would fall off the Sesame Street brownstone roof. Mm-hmm. And I had a Bert and Ernie, little people, and Bert would always die because I preferred Ernie.
1: Oh sure, Bert and, was a real square. <laughs>
0: so you're you're playing, this is dead. This died dead, and then one day, it means more. I don't know why it just clicks. You're like, wait, what? Hold, what? Dying? That's actually going to happen. What happens after that? I got some standard answer about heaven even though oh, we did even though we weren't religious we went to church zero times in my life i went with people sometimes just because i was hanging out with a friend or I had a girlfriend who used to take yeah. me to church and i would count the lights in the ceiling when we were sitting there it was a big methodist church there were a lot of okay. lights and then i would just i knew the number and then i would count and make sure the number still matched every time because it bored the hell out of me Mm-hmm. Um, but you get that standard answer. Oh, uh, you're going to go to heaven. I didn't believe it. Not for a second.
1: What, what, uh, what do you think prompted you at whatever age you were when death all of a sudden meant something bigger to you than just, you know, what it means when you're really little? What, what do you think brought that on? That's a good or do you qu- remember the moment of when you asked your parents this?
0: That's a good question. I don't know if there was a specific thing that prompted it. Um, it was just, we on the way to school, on the bus, we would pass this cemetery every day. And I used to think about the bodies under the ground and how they just stayed there and they never moved. Hmm. And that didn't unsettle me until it did, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's just some weird connection in your brain. You know, your brain matured to some sort of level where these two things connected and all of a sudden something else makes more sense
0: yeah I think that's what happened uh I still drive past that cemetery sometimes even though my parents don't live in Kennesaw anymore but if I'm in that down that way sometimes I go visit people who are still around I drive past it and there's one headstone I'm like, that, that body is still there I know that you know every time maybe the body isn't actually there mm. but for this argument it's still the same spot it's always been since I was driving past it when I was a kid and that in itself it seems very lonely and cold. I know you're dead. I know that doesn't matter or mean anything, but just that in itself induces It's anxiety. hard to
1: conceptualize nothingness. So I understand you're, you're imagining what you would feel like if you were there.
0: Yes. Yeah. If I were alive.
1: Right. I'm saying there. as in your kid brain.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because you can't differentiate, I guess. The
1: absence of everything.
0: <laughs> we used to, this is, I used to, we had one of those 80s style couches meaning the back cushions were sewn on you couldn't take them off but they would flip up do you know what I'm talking about oh yeah uh-huh. and so I would lift that up and I would pull the cushions that you sat on out a little bit and create a little nook in there then I'd crawl into that nook and I'd reach up and I would flip down the cushions like it was a coffin lid and then yeah. I would just lie there as still as possible and try to get it as dark as possible and I thought this is what it's like to be dead
1: okay
0: this is what this is what it is and
1: you were trying to get a grasp on it
0: yeah so that had happened and then I think I started asking questions because Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what happened and you get they told you heaven yeah I think it was just a you know a dismissive answer it's coming to light my mom was going to some therapy because my grandfather died last year and You know, he was 88, I think, but it was still somewhat unexpected and it really hit her hard and she's unable to process it, I think, properly or grieve. Like she's angry at the hospital and looking for people to blame. And I think maybe that's a normal thing, but she was going to therapy and it came to light that she had a fear of death Mm. and then she just stopped going. Oh, I'm too busy with the grandchildren. I can't make it anymore. (laughs) Like it's an excuse, sure. Whatever it's your life, you can do what you want to do.
1: So, so maybe yeah, maybe her answer to you was based on something she's afraid to really help you cope with?
0: Yeah, because she did she I, I don't know how you She
1: she couldn't cope with it herself.
0: What would you say? So I mean I
1: have talked to Ellie about death.
0: Is she at five I assume that she's grasping that it's real and it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, there was uh, uh, recently uh, a bird flew into the window and it was hard. It was like two birds chasing each other and then it was bam. And then I looked over the railing and the bird was upside down on the ground downstairs, like behind a bush. So I went down with a towel. <laughs> just like I don't know. I don't know what just to look. And so when I looked for it, it had moved. So I was glad, but it was still there sort of like on its side. And then when I went, to sort of reach for it with the towel it flew away so it was fine but anyway i told ellie this story and she was like did it die I'm like no I don't, I don't think so i saw it fly away she's like oh okay it's not dead no it's not dead um the first time we talked to her uh, that i talked to her about death was our neighbor downstairs their dog they had to put it down um jt and so jt wasn't around anymore and ellie would ask like when she asked what happened why is miss tanya upset and I told her it's because, you know, her dog JT died. And she didn't understand what that meant. She didn't understand that that meant like we won't see JT anymore. And she said, what happens when you die? And I said, well, I did a lot of explaining. I said, you know, some people think that, you know, you go to heaven.
0: See, you said the same thing. Oh, wait, wait. You, I you said
1: some people. You said say, some people. Yeah. some. But it's people presented. You go to heaven. I also said that. You know some people think that you know it's just nothing you know it's just gone forever goodbye nothing Uh, some people say that I told her (laughs) I used I said um, a different celestial plane (laughs) I said what that means is just like a different way of being in a place that doesn't exist here I said it's really hard nobody knows no one knows what happens when you die
0: which can be very scary in its own right and you're laughing about this new plane. Well, because it's
1: a celestial plane to but a you why know, is, four-year-old. Why is
0: that? Okay. Maybe it's a hard concept for a four-year-old to grasp, but why is it any crazier than saying you go to heaven that a gaseous... I don't
1: think that that idea is crazy. I think saying the words to her celestial plane, like she'll understand what that means, is stupid, but...
0: A cloud of gas leaves your body and drifts off to a different... That's that's a different plane of existence in its own, yeah, right?
1: Definitely. I really do believe that
0: that you that
1: it that when you die, you know, (sighs) I like the idea of returning to the back to the earth. I think that that's this the natural state of being dead. And that's what I want to do. And I think that that is important for your spirit or your energy or whatever it is to complete its cycle. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what that means spiritually. It's just my notion of how things work.
0: I mean, it's a nice thought to think that there are elements that make up the planet and the universe, and you're made of the same elements, and then they go yeah. back in. And you know, people want to be fertilizer. Dust to dust. They like the idea of being fertilizer. I died, and then some tree will grow in my remains.
1: Yeah, I think saying like turn me into fertilizer. I think that that's just some way to offset you know their uncomfortable feelings of of talking about a concept that's maybe a little hippy dippy you know so they're like i'm a man turn me into fertilizer cow shit you know
0: yeah i also think it's a way to express that you don't care even though you probably do i'm not i'm not scared just grind me up i mean i guess there's a nice thought somewhere in there that you become the nutrients that a tree sucks up with its roots
1: I think that's nice.
0: Yeah, like that's you know that's helpful in a way, at least to continue life in different ways.
1: There's a something called sky burial. Have I talked about it on this show?
0: Mm, I bring it up. Who cares? Uh,
1: where it's have. a certain group of you know people in the hills of some other country, where uh, when you die, they take your body to the top of this mountain, or just like on top of this thing where uh, birds come and you know take care of you that way and they call it sky burial because the birds take you up in the sky and eat you <laughs> does that make sense they don't pick you up and eat you in the sky what I mean is is they, they're eating you and then they fly around sky burial
0: I guess that I think makes sense neat. I don't quite follow
1: you know they put you up on a rock they put your dead body on a rock
0: and then vultures just come and eat you or something yeah but why does it have to? You could put your body anywhere, and it would be eaten by many. Yeah, different but it things. wouldn't be
1: called. It wouldn't necessarily be be like your yeah, pieces this, of you in a stomach of a bird in the sky.
0: This is this is where I get cynical. That's a marketing thing. Just Not so a people.
1: marketing. This is like a, a a a religious belief in some mountainous something Incan. I don't know.
0: But here's the thing. And it's probably not the Incans, right? But we'll just, for the sake of this, say that it is. You're not Incan. So anyone who's putting this out there, there's probably some package that you can buy. And we'll make sure that this is taken care no. of. Us. give us the money. We'll provide the van, the, the shuttle that takes your family to the top. And for the low rate of $600,000, all expenses will be covered. Yeah, your yeah. family will get food and free booze at our resort before we take you up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Well, what a way to go. And everyone will get a card and a thumb drive that's got two songs of your choice on it set to a PowerPoint slideshow of moments of your life. All for the low cost of $600,000 sky burial.
1: Let the birds come and eat you.
0: Be sure to
1: check out Retail
0: Me Not.
1: Tell for a twenty-five
0: percent off coupon for your yeah, first, I have a
1: living social coupon for a sky burial for
0: your first sky burial. I'm sorry. How do you
1: feel about how do you feel about death right now? I,
0: right now, I I'm fine with it. I guess. I, I I mean, I have a birthday coming up, or by the time this is released, the birthday will be over, and that's always a moment to look at another year that has passed and think, Jesus doesn't stop. This just continues. And there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. And that's a helpless feeling. And I think that's one of the things that induces more fear. Um, But, I mean, just going back to when I was a kid and I didn't buy going into heaven. Mm. That just leaves a lot of questions. Like, well, what happens? And I just always thought it was nothing.
1: I always had a lot of questions about heaven. You know, like, you know, animals going into heaven Like maybe they had separate heavens for the animals, you know, and who decided, even though it was like, (laughs) I was going to say Peter Gabriel, (laughs) (laughs) St. Peter that apparently like looks in some book. But I mean, it's uh, it all just seemed like it didn't make sense.
0: This is one of the things that scared me the most for some reason. My fear was attached to movies and the idea that they were going to continue to make movies after mm. I was dead movies I would never even know existed and didn't understand what the plots because I would be gone and other people would get to go enjoy those. And that really bothered me. And then this ties into what you were saying about heaven. Are there movies in heaven? Are they making them up there? Is it just earth releases? What do you <laughs> do? Do you eat? You don't need to eat anymore.
1: right? That's what you were thinking as a kid
0: yeah uh, a little bit older I'm do you eat this was this was more of me you know I already didn't buy into the idea and maybe I was mocking it a bit Hmm. Uh, but these I think these are valid questions even if you do believe it in in heaven Uh, do you do you eat no do you have sex sex was only for procreation so therefore probably no you're
1: not in it no 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 okay if heaven really does exist
0: it sounds boring forever no, no 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 you have houses who gets no, the better house it's not
1: like that
0: what do you it's do It's not like
1: that you're not you're not your physical being do just you play in cards heaven. no it's not like that you're in some other like like i said you're in some other plane of existence where it's not really you it's not you with your thoughts and your memory
0: well everyone says the old i'll see you again one day
1: listen this is why it doesn't exist because before you were born
0: there was a bunch of nothingness as far as you're concerned
1: it was the complete absence of you zero you yes and then when you're dead it's the same thing that's what I
0: then that is another reason that this was hard for me to accept because that is exactly what I believed I thought about all that time and how I just didn't know I had no clue which that was fine right I wasn't around and that was okay But the idea of returning to that as a conscious being that is currently alive is like, wow, I just won't be around. Look, it's very self-centered because that's what we are. I can only be me and I'm only in this brain. This brain is me. Wherever consciousness lives, it is me. And yeah, so the idea of me not being here means nothing else exists really as far as I'm concerned.
1: I don't know why I've never had worries about dying. I've worried and been afraid for, you know, other people to die. You know, if someone gets sick or, um, you know, thinking about my parents dying or I don't know, my kids or something. (laughs) I mean, like I've, I've been afraid for death, but not been worried about it in the way that you're talking about.
0: Again, it consumed me. I, I, You try to find ways to offset the anxiety that it induces. And that's why things like OCD pop up, which Mm. I had a small bout of it. And it didn't take over for whatever reason. But seventh grade, there were things like before I go to sleep, I need to flip the pillow five times. Or I had a TV in my room. Uh, It just had an antenna attached. So there were six channels, let's say. I had to flip through the channels forward only. I couldn't mm. go backwards through the channels forward only three times yeah if i didn't anxiety. do anxiety but it's it's tied to this idea that something bad is going to happen to someone you love if you don't well do.
1: that's like oh yeah that's ocd
0: that is a yes that is yeah. then that came out of this fear and the idea of getting close to someone here's the thing with death I didn't – even to this day, I have not really experienced anyone close to me, grandparents, and that's sad. But the fear of people dying, the thought of it, and what it would be like is where all of this is based because I never actually even experienced – anyone close to me dying when i was younger and maybe if i had it wouldn't have been as bad because i was just left to fill in these blanks and these ideas of what it would be like and how losing someone you cared about would be the saddest thing in the world and i'm not saying it isn't and then it isn't mm. difficult to deal with but you know getting close to someone intimate uh what happens if they just go away man that's uh, that seems like such an awful awful idea and i'm not talking about like abandonment i'm talking right. death which I guess in its own right can feel like abandonment, but and some people process it that way. But it just the thought was unbearable. I wouldn't be able to handle that. So you know you create these systems, um, keep people at bay to an extent. Um, I think at one point I bought into this idea that if I just live, I may, it may be where you know this idea of modesty comes from. I also think there's some value in it, maybe virtue. And living modestly sure. and not above means or you know, excessively for the sake of it. But um yeah, if I live a life where I don't have much and there won't be I won't be so sad later on if I'm gonna die to lose things. I like, yeah. Well what does it matter? This but was- don't
1: you think that's how you felt, but not how you feel now?
0: This was a shitty life. So I'm glad that it's over. No, yeah. I think honestly that well, yes, to answer your question. I think, honestly, that kind of living actually only fuels the fear of dying because you're a person who wants things and has needs and dreams and you'd like to enjoy your life. And that actually ended up scaring me more because I knew the end of the line was just a bunch of regret before you actually died and you'd just think back and it would be sad and filled with regret. And at this point in my life, the idea... It's more comforting to say, wow, I have this really great life. And, you know, there were people that I loved and I had meaningful relationships. And, yeah, it's kind of sad that it's going to go. But I'm glad that that happened. Like, it's more comfort in it. It doesn't feel uh, like you're as alone. Yeah. Because I guess you're not as alone. But it makes it seem less scary.
1: Yeah, I feel uh, I really I think because I'm not so much of an anxious person. Not to say I don't have anxieties, but I don't think I'm that anxious. And so I've never had a lot of fear uh, of uh, like worrying and thinking about my death or thinking about death in general. I have had people die in my life. Friends of mine who were younger than me. uh, I almost died (laughs) Uh, when I almost drowned me and my mom almost drowned together like for real almost died and yeah even then i still i mean at the time obviously you know scared and traumatized uh ptsd stuff like that but just thinking about that and knowing how close i felt and how honestly how good it felt to like think about giving up because you know you're drowning and you're swimming and you're fighting and you're fighting and the feeling of like giving up and probably just like letting myself drown it felt it was so hard to not do cuz it felt so good <laughs> it was weird it, it felt like um it felt like when you're laying on your couch in in the afternoon and you're watching something and you are sleepy, and you turn around to the other side, like you turn over to the, and you're facing the back of the couch, cause you know you're gonna nap. And you don't even care that you're not seeing the TV anymore. It was that, I was like, oh yeah,
0: here it comes. I wonder why that is. I mean, obviously it's built into our brains to survive and live, and a lot of yeah. these responses are there to get you out of danger. But maybe at some point, your brain realizes this is futile.
1: Yeah, like release a bunch of dopamine, just relax.
0: Yeah, it's like, all right, we're past the point. This is going to happen, so mm-hmm. just flood your brain with the, the endorphins.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I I feel like I understood when people say, like, you have to fight. Like, people in the hospital who are dying or something, and they talk about, like, yeah, they're fighting. You know, it really is like that. Like, you really have to fight to stay alive. That's a real thing.
0: I do think that sometimes, uh, if you're diagnosed with, say, cancer and it's not already too far in, like mm-hmm. stage four, that some people probably don't want to fight as much. Yeah. And I think that that may have an effect on their oh, survival. Oh, on how?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. How, on their survival, sure. I mean, doctors talk about that all the time before patients go into surgery. Just their demeanor. And if they're like a bubbly personality, a lot of times they heal more quickly after surgery, their recovery time is quicker, uh, they're, uh, they don't have complica- as many complications as people who are just not like that before surgery or have other weird issues going on. It really does affect how you heal.
0: You go in, ah, this isn't going to go well, I'm just going to die. And then... Uh, yeah. I mean, the brain's a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, it's like people with um, uh, what's it called when you always think you're sick?
0: Hypochondriac.
1: Yeah, hypochondria. Yeah, they eventually they get something serious. It's like they manifest it, which I don't believe in, but it seems like that's true.
0: Well, placebo effects are a real thing. That's true. It does exist, and you can convince your like. Well, now I don't think placebo effect. I don't, who knows what the reality of situations is I was going to say, I don't think a placebo effect actually can cure diseases, but certainly if you're taking a medication, you're told that this pill does something Mm -hmm. and it's actually a placebo, but what you're told the pill does actually still happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just watched this thing about anxiety on Netflix. I think it was like explained or whatever. Uh, And they, they, the curing, Or uh, 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 things that were effective against anxiety, medication, I'm sorry, shoot, exercise and placebo were at the same level. (laughs) So, yeah, the placebo did the same amount of good as exercise did.
0: Anxiety is a mindset quite a bit, too. It's part of it. I don't want to be dismissive of it because it certainly can be consuming. And there are reasons behind it, mechanisms of action in the brain that I couldn't even ever begin to understand or explain. But, you know, that's why breathing exercises can calm anxiety, at least in the short term, because you're getting your brain into a different state.
1: Mm. Yeah, you, um. Uh, so in this thing that I watched, it talked about how anxiety was, is good for survival because... It reminds you that at some point, you know, you were chased by this lion by that bush and now you have anxiety about going near those bushes, which is good because maybe next time the lion can't get you because it's not sneaking up on you in that bush. But what it does is it releases like all of these things through your body to help you escape from something, you know, um, like dilates your pupils and makes you uh, like, you know, makes pulls blood away from certain systems and puts it in other places. And um, but people with anxiety disorder, that happens more often and for things that are not dangerous.
0: And all and this so, is, yeah, all this is tied to avoiding death. There's, yeah. there's an idea through evolution that there's times when people were more active and on the move and you're encountering more dangers that maybe you needed to interact with, physically. So at that point, bigger, stronger people were the people that survived and those genes got passed on. Then you get to a point where you're not moving around as much and the anxious people survived because you're not out there interacting as much and being more passive and just avoiding danger Mm. uh, ensured survival. And so those genes got passed on. And that's why, you know, they're...
1: That sounds like uh, a predator or prey or meat eater versus plant eater
0: yeah it's tied into that maybe that, if you have that, anxiety that you should be a
1: vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> just biologically
0: I maybe i would that be an interesting study to take a look at if someone put that are anxious yeah. or most vegetarians more anxious or aggressive i would probably say anxious right
1: yeah see because you're because you're the prey
0: but so it served <laughs> a, a purpose
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: it helped people survive it kept you from death yeah but we live in a world actually i do think about it quite often how many opportunities there are for me to die every single day a trip on the subway platform when the train's coming in or just yeah not, but those are just accidents i know they're accidents but i was like, this doesn't fear uh, this doesn't scare no, me. No you're fear. not
1: you're you're not being um stalked you know like like An animal and a lion, or something. You know what I mean? That's not happening. But there are
0: people who exist. What I'm saying in this kind of world, where they are scared of every everything is a danger out there.
1: Yeah, they can't see what's a real threat and what's not.
0: Crossing, yes, crossing the street's a dangerous thing, and you should pay attention to it. But people go to extremes with things like that, and I guess if
1: I never cross the street, I'll (laughs) never die. I so do, I'll never cross the street.
0: But I, I don't carry around worry in, in that. And that's really... I guess the, the people every day are dying in the city, mm-hmm. in New York. Certain things are killing them. Accidents. Person riding a bike. People get hit by cars. Um, I don't walk around thinking about that. Though I'm quite aware of just how it could happen. And it's like, wow, that's done.
1: Yeah, so you're not actually... You're not worried about actively dying. You're just worried about how much time you have until you die.
0: It's just the idea of not having answers. I was left to fill in blanks and I didn't experience that. You were saying that you had people in your life who died and maybe that has made you better suited to the reality of it.
1: Maybe my grandma, my dad's mom died when I was like 5 and then my mom's mom died in this crazy way where she like got lost in the woods and she died it's awful. I know. Uh in 1996 it was right during the Olympics. It was crazy. Um and then friend died. Oh, yeah. Me and my mom drowned. Friend died.
0: See, you've been surrounded by it again. Yeah,
1: so my my birds, oh, my and my fish, they all died.
0: Again, it has not been present in my life, even to this day for someone my age, the amount of death is three grandparents yeah you know i i my sister had a friend who was in a an abusive relationship, and then she left the guy and he shot her and then killed himself like this is a horrific event this is you know i'm I was already grown and out, and I'd met her a few times, but and what do you do with something like that? And my sister seems very well adjusted when I, I mean don't get me it wasn't like oh the, she was very upset but it all seemed natural like the grieving process and something that horrific and to get through it and you know to mourn and be sad and i I looked at that and was like I don't even know if I could have done that. I don't know if I could have gotten through that. I feel like it would have broken me. And I don't know if that's true. This is, again, just this idea that I have of what it would be like. And I, I hope I don't have to. I don't have to experience it. You know, I'm going to at some point, but I'm not wishing for it so far as a learning yeah. opportunity. Yeah. But this is where this lives. It's just the unknown, and people don't like the unknown. And I still have these moments where I, I feel like people – It's so strange to me that we're not constantly walking around in a state of panic about dying, knowing that our demise is on the horizon and there's something in our brains that's able to block that. But quite often I can cross that and this panic really sets in Hmm. and I I, I have to get up from whatever I'm doing. And as I've stated before, my new trick is no, 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 no. You just say no and then it goes away. But the other night I didn't sleep at all and it wasn't. Which
1: I which I doubted at first and I asked you what was it really like not sleeping because you know this is this, my point is that some people say like I didn't sleep at all last night okay what time did you go to bed I went to bed at nine and you know I didn't sleep I got up out of the bed at 630 in the morning You're like no you slept
0: I slept enough that it got me like 30 minutes is what I slept it was probably 33 minutes um, I got to this sometimes when you sleep it heightens your awareness of things I know, does that make sense to you? Like meaning if you wake up, so not while you're asleep, but if you wake up, these mm. things are very, very clear. And this is where usually this, uh, you know, understanding that I'm going to die one day comes into play. It's like that block that's in your head is kind of.
1: Yeah. Everything. I feel like things just relax.
0: Yeah. The, the, yeah. the defenses are down. And then you know, with the birthday coming up and it's not that I feel like I'm old. I'm not panicking about my current age. It's just this idea when I was a kid, instead of dealing with the fear the way I probably should have, I just punted it. It's like, well, that's still a long ways away. Oh, that's a long ways away. Oh, that's a long ways away. And uh, we're at the point where it's mm, it's not as far away now. It's it's getting closer. Mm, If everything goes well, there's still more time I'm alive than I've already been alive. But we're getting close to the point where that's going to tip. And there'll Mm. be less time for me to be alive than I've already been alive. And then I think about being old and what it's like every single day to think this could be my last day. Is this it? Is this going to be it? I was like, how do you live like that?
1: Yeah, but you don't. You know, you don't. You don't. Just like you don't now. You don't walk around like, is this the last day? You don't do that.
0: I. uh, Yeah, because at this point, it could be the last day. But you have this idea that things will go. Well.
1: Like longer, farther.
0: Yes. And then when you get to the point where you're in your 80s, it could happen at any time.
1: Well, that's something my dad is struggling with. So he turned uh 70. I guess he's 71 now. Shoot, I don't remember how old he is. But um his whole thing was, you know, if someone dies in their sixties, you're more likely to say like, oh yeah, it's kinda it's still too it's a little young. You're like, oh it's a shame. And then if they die in their seventies, uh, somebody says, "Well, you know, they lived a good life. You know, seventies. You know, it's, it's not so bad."
0: Yeah, not so bad. I think yeah. there's there's still,
1: yeah, there could have been more
0: time, and that's a little early. But also, yeah, people aren't saying, "Wow, wow, oh my." Yeah,
1: it's what a shame. So much life to live. Um, see, and he has. What's that?
0: Well, yeah. How does he? Deal with what's what's his mechanism of coping when it comes to this?
1: There is none. There is none.
0: But he's bringing it up.
1: Yeah, all he yeah he acts like it doesn't bother him, but it sure does. Because I told him I was like you've got he every time we were together he would talk about how he's old and like you know you'll be taking care of mom you know like what well when I'm not here you know you'll be taking care I'm like. You're not sick. You're healthy. There's nothing wrong with you except you're older. Like you've you've got to stop talking about it like that. And you know he's he pretends like it's fine or that he's not worried, but he is. And uh, years ago he he had told me you know he's an atheist and he always just like felt like there was just nothing after you die, and that fact is getting harder and harder to deal with as he ages he stopped bringing that up now he just talks about like well you know when I'm gone you know you and mom but
0: the idea of nothingness offers no comfort it offers nothing it
1: doesn't bother me I'm not trying to say I'm above it I'm not above anything it just doesn't compute as like a problem
0: Oh, that's I'm, nice. not, I'm
1: not worried about it. I'm not worried about like time and how long time has gone. Like you 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 talk about how there are references and like time stamps in your life that you remember and you feel like that wasn't that long ago, but it was actually like twenty years ago or something.
0: Yeah, everything I that's how I view I quantify time. Right. That's something that helps me, again, offset these feelings that I get right. quantify time. I quantified time. I count steps for that reason. I have, you know, there's an app you get on your phone that's for the sake of quitting things. It's called Quit That, the one I have. And I put mm-hmm. smoking in there. And I'm looking at it now. It's been 3,636,634 minutes since I quit smoking, 2,525 <laughs> days ago. And so I put my birthday in. And I know what time of day I was born. And mm-hmm. I've been alive 19,983,026 minutes. That's only 455 Congrats. months, 13,877 days, 1982 weeks. That's the year we were born. <laughs> but this kind of stuff, I look at this and I like seeing the numbers. Yeah. But it also, but the way I look at it just right now, it's like, all right, 13,877 days. Um, okay. Okay so let's double that and then what age am I at and where's that going to take me and what point have I lived more days than I have left to live And oh yeah. I, it's, I played online dominoes not necessarily because I enjoyed dominoes I did, I was enjoying it <laughs> okay. but it got to the point I played so many games that I just liked seeing the number grow 18,000 something games I ended up playing before I stopped and I think about all the time that I spent doing that. And then it made me feel bad. How much time have I wasted playing this? Mm. And then, you know, you think if I do something mindless, it's going to make me not worry about dying as much. But the truth is I just look back on it and think about all the time has passed and the things that I haven't done with it. Uh, yeah. And that's where this fear comes from that then ties into death because I'm I've got limited time and I'm not doing anything with that time and... I want to do things with that time. And that's, I think that's where the shift has come. It's like, no, do good things with your time. And then it actually... that well,
1: Now you feel like there's not enough time to enjoy the time.
0: Well, it's that, part of it. It's like, all right, now you've had this shift in your life and it took you until you were 35 to to kind of implement this or at least get in the spot where you can implement this shift and outlook and the things that you want to do to get fulfillment. And it's like, wow, well, but now I've, I've, there's only so much time left and then you feel like you know pressure to to get some of these things done but you know in talking about all of this living forever makes zero sense oh, and yeah. and i uh, that doesn't sound like a fun thing to who do either who wants to do that really and i know people bring up well you have to work for those that aside just get rid of that stuff it's just just living forever then you lose meaning like meaning goes away
1: yeah um i heard it uh, uh an analogy to uh hey do you want to play this board game it lasts forever literally you you will never stop playing this game like then no i don't i don't want to just do this one thing forever
0: yeah because the point of playing a game several right but then it
1: ends there's ups there's downs
0: yes there's a range of feelings someone wins it's fun so i am well aware of that and i buy into that wholeheartedly yeah it's like yeah of course if you're going to love someone it means more. It's like, look, we've got limited time, and let's take advantage of this and try to do the best job that we can while we're here. Uh,
1: I think that I'm just flying lower to the ground than you sometimes.
0: Yeah, I live in my head.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I, gotten. I I have trouble with uh, what years things happened. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I barely know the range of years of my jobs or, um, relationships or, um, you know, when I graduated from college, like the year I started college, the year I ended college, like, I'm just not sure about a lot of that. (laughs) And so I really am not, I feel like I am living in moments more often than I'm not. And I think thinking about your own death or thinking about like how much time is being taken up by these moments i think like i said you're kind of like flying above yourself a little bit more often than just like looking through your own eyes
0: yeah i had to step out of my own head it was one of the big things and it's a hard thing to do you live there but you get out and then i think it's much easier to find a revelation (laughs) about your existence when you're not living in there yeah because you're not looking for it And then you realize it's like just a series of coincidences anyway. Life. And maybe you're missing out on things because you're just not in the spot for them to happen to Hmm. you. Because you're so preoccupied and concerned with other things.
1: Yeah. You're doing something that's keeping you away from it. Thinking you're protecting yourself. But really you're stopping yourself from experiencing those things.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't make your feelings... Uh, about dying, my feelings, any different. Yeah, like a
1: rock feels no pain, an island never cries.
0: It probably just adds to them at that point. I think one of the, the things, though, that maybe I have a harder time grasping is the idea of just getting older and your body betraying you. Yes. And that's, you know, I talk about being old and thinking about maybe today's the last day, maybe today's the last day. I don't know how much it's death itself, and maybe it's more that, just being at that point in your life. And if your brain is still working, you don't have dementia and it's still high functioning just to be in the same body and be the same person and not being able to do the thing. Like what is going on here? That's gotta be a very hard thing to grasp.
1: Well, the, the long term of that, right. Is you are just elderly, right? That's, that's its own little prison. But then also the people who are dying, uh, and continue to live day after day, not for weeks and weeks, but just like, you know, let's just say for five days they continue to live. They're dying, but they're still there. They're looking around. Their body is slowly, slowly giving up like that is difficult. That is difficult to think about. Like, um, so that happened with my Uncle Bill recently, uh, that scenario. And then also um, my aunt Eileen, she, uh, she died in this really great way. Actually, she, uh, what they were, she she wasn't doing well in the hospital. She didn't have like a super long illness or anything like cancer or anything. But lots of weird little things happened. She decided she wanted to go home and die instead of being in the hospital and slowly die. So they took her home, you know they gave her stuff so she wouldn't feel pain but it took for a while for her to pass and she said my uncle phil her her, her husband said that she would wake up in the mornings or wake up at times and say like why hasn't jesus taken me she just like expected she was like all right i'm ready i'm gonna fall asleep now and hopefully i'll die and then she'd wake up you know like that's its own weird place to be where you have accepted it. You're ready. It's beautiful. You're in your own home surrounded by people you love. It was really nice. What I mean by when I said that she had a interest, like she had a cool death was that because it was she went home and decided to do it and to like let herself die. Everybody got to come and see her. And even though it was so hard to do, it still was like this, these beautiful moments of having. Like a one on one conversation with her and telling her that, you know, you loved her and like you were, you know, like what she means to you and stuff like that. It was this really cool moment instead of someone just being like cooped up in a hospital and there's.
0: Well, you're taking some control back, what little bit you have. If it's a choice, if it's a bit of a choice, I could see how that can be comforting. Yeah. Uh, It was really neat. The discussions, having discussions with people in your life before you die, if you know you're going to die. um, When I've thought about. I got a, I had a terminal illness and I knew I think the initial reaction would to be would be to isolate and hide and just shut people out. I like I, I don't want to deal with this, but that seems very sad. And I think ultimately what I would end up doing is coming around. They're wanting to talk to people and you know, me expressing to them how much they meant to me. And, yeah. you know, the people who are close to me telling them that you know, I don't want to leave them. But. You know, it's a sad thing. And I, I, and I think that it would be uncomfortable to have those discussions, but also like yeah. to sit there and say something like that and like cry with the person. Why not? That's a real feeling. And for the person who lives, maybe that makes them feel better that you had that discussion. They can remember that.
1: It does. And it makes them not leave you, you know, like my, and Eileen has never left me ever
0: because I mean, you connected. And, you know, real.
1: In life and in her death, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like if I isolated and shut out the people in my life, that would hurt them so much more. Talk about feeling feeling abandoned. It's like it's not the dying that is the abandonment. It's like that person, I love that person, and they just didn't even, you know, express anything to me before they went. Yeah. And if like if I were the person who was living and I had someone that would hurt, that would hurt a lot. I mean, it Can was Can I
1: say that's kind of what happened to my dad? My dad's dad died when he was young. And <clears throat> the way that I guess my granddad I, I you know, I think he died when I, my dad was like 12. Um the way he decided to help my dad through it was to sort of abandoned them so that like you, he wouldn't grow any closer to his own father so that he wouldn't miss him when he died.
0: Yeah. It's flawed, flawed logic.
1: Yeah. And so yeah, talking, thinking about thinking about that story that I've heard from my dad and then putting what you just said about like feeling so abandoned By the person. but not giving you the chance. To understand. Or or be able to say things to them.
0: And how old was your dad?
1: He was young. He was like 12. Something young.
0: Yeah. You don't know what to do with that. You don't know how to make sense of that.
1: It's your dad. Who knows what the relationship was like before that. I have no clue. And
0: I I can't even understand the reasoning. I want to shield and protect the person. From this. Yeah, But I think a lot of it is also maybe selfish. I don't want to deal with this either. I don't yeah, want to have to exactly. deal with seeing my young son yeah. that I'm going to be leaving soon, so I'm just not going to face it.
1: You're right. So he was protecting himself, He maybe under the guise of protecting my dad.
0: Yeah, if you really... Not to say that he didn't love him, but if you actually act in a way that is loving... Mm-hmm. you get into situations that are difficult but meaningful
1: yeah for your own kid
0: yeah, and for yourself I feel like yeah. just because something would be really hard and sad there's got to there's be some kind of comfort in it
1: It is anything that's hard like that getting through it you always feel better afterward you know it was really hard to sit there with my Aunt Eileen and tell her that you know, what she meant to me knowing that this was going to be the last time we really have a conversation, but it was, you know, so meaningful to me and I will never forget it.
0: Which is a very nice thing to have. Mm I, you know, my grandmother who's still alive, the one she has dementia. She's not really, I don't know how much she is aware of her existence or remembers these days, but it kind of came on fast. And you know, it would be nice to have a conversation with her because it really at this point is like she's not there. Yeah. But when I went to see her for the first time when this set in, when her dementia got to the point where maybe she wouldn't remember me, I was like a timid child. I went to the house and like peeked around the corner and was nervous to go see her. And, um, you know, it was the, the point is playing off of what you were saying, there is something comforting about seeing her before. She's gone, but it's also. I I was longing for the ability to have a real conversation.
1: Yeah, well, because she's a stranger, right? Yeah. At this and,
0: point, and then you think about what—how much is she aware of—and are there points where it comes back, and is she scared? And, but yeah, can, I but, bet. But you can't even talk about it. She can't even talk about it. It's it's so that you know that's really being alone.
1: Yeah. So. How do you avoid those things?
0: <laughs> what things? <laughs> I
1: don't know getting dementia.
0: You can't. I mean that's just the the hand you're dealt.
1: Yeah.
0: And a lot of and worry I think does live in that what happens and maybe it's not death itself that uh it's, it's scaring me because if it if it were I'd be scared every day or the idea of getting sick I mean I don't know how to react and it seems like it would be very frightening if like you have 2 months and that's it. But it doesn't strike me as much as just thinking about dying natural causes at old age. That is where for whatever reason a lot of this fear lives. No, that
1: makes sense because if if someone's giving you a a timeline, right? It, it wouldn't be exactly those dates or anything, but at least it would give you a uh, a, a goal to reach, you know, if it's just this open ended thing, that's what's sort of scary. And, it, but again, it, I, I mean, the end of your life, uh, if you have something like that, either one, whether, whether you have like two months to live or you're just not sure when it's going to happen, you've already lived this whole life. Understanding what it's like in moments And what what moments you'll remember, what moments made you feel something and what moments were kind of you feel like maybe were wasted and you learn from those moments. But you have to be connected to your own life and look at it and think about what happened and where you are today so that you can as you get closer to the end, which we all are doing, that you get better at it as you go forward
0: again i had this idea that if i lived a really shitty life and i got old and i looked back on it and but good i'm glad that this is happening glad i'm at the end Mm -hmm. but no it really just does seem like the saddest thing it's like all the i didn't what did i do with my life i didn't get the things out of it that i wanted
1: i think about that i think about like i don't want to be on my quote unquote death bed Thinking like, why did I do that? Why Or why didn't I do that?
0: Exactly. And this is what I've come to terms with is this idea. You live a life that's rich and full of meaning and depth. And while it may be sadder in theory to leave it behind because you're going to die. I think that this, the real sadness and that regret doesn't exist. And maybe it in a weird way makes it better.
1: <gasps> it's like in Death Becomes Her. Do you know Death Becomes Her? Yes. You know, at the end, when you know he just dis- Bruce Willis finally decides to leave them, and and he stops drinking, and and then they go to his funeral, and he had this whole <laughs> second beautiful life because he realized what it was like to ruin it with, <laughs> yeah, yes, that's what it is.
0: That is the moral of the story of this that's episode. Right.
1: The moral of this episode is be like <laughs> Bruce Willis's second <laughs> half of his life in Death Becomes Her.
0: Yeah, I think you just try to do the best that you can. If you can say, I I tried, and if it didn't all work out the way I wanted it to, and I didn't get everything I wanted, but I really did try, that it's got to be a bit more comforting. Yeah. And that's the new approach. It doesn't keep me from not waking up, panicking. but
1: Or not going to sleep.
0: Yeah, at all. But I would like, uh, you know, I want people in my life that when that happens, I can say, hey, this is happening. (laughs) Instead of just having, you know, isolated and having no one around.
1: Yeah. You have to live.
0: (laughs) And trying.
1: All right. Thanks for listening. Nobody die so that you can subscribe to our show. (laughs) Yes. Like and subscribe, rate and review us. Find us everywhere online at One Topic and tell a friend, I guess.
0: You always get right to the end. I can't. And then you can't. You just do think. it. Thanks, everybody. That's thanks, all. everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to this one episode of One Topic. Thanks, wait, so wait, like and subscribe. Subscribe, tell a friend. Thinking.
1: Okay, bye. greg hey autumn do you like hot sauce
0: you know i do like hot sauce but i'm getting pretty bored of my regular texas peter tabasco i'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from Definitely. and hey while we're at it i don't want a sauce with too many ingredients Mm -mm. you know a lot of other sauces out there they have all kinds of fillers so i'd love to find a sauce with i don't know what let's say no more than five ingredients maybe even and i mean it's crazy but there's got to be a company out there that hand processes their sauce you know bottling and labeling every bottle themselves i'm probably asking a lot
1: well you really are but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients, zero fillers, additives or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called hop sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three
0: times!
1: How does that sound, Greg?